listening to latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas. This is Craig Burley. Shaka Hislop is back. The band are back together. What Thanks a show. Thanks very much. What a show we Thanks have. Thanks very what? much for bothering your backside. Clearly Come missed back. us. I, this Craig, is how, this is how Craig it. says, I've missed yeah, you guys yeah. so saying? much. Oh, I've carried the whole show. Oh, oh, oh yeah, Two weeks. Two weeks <laughs> we've carried this show. Oh. Through illness and sickness. And I walk in here and first thing these two said to me, oh, we're not feeling well. <laughs> I don't care. Neither do the people at home. Well, we haven't told them. Well, we have told. You've told them now. Uh, meanwhile, in our absence, Bayern Munich have been an absolute disaster and then some. Thomas Tuchel, though, defending his side after that defeat against Bochum at the weekend. If you ask me if I firmly still believe me and the coaching staff can turn things around, yes. Something we never stop, never stop trying. If we play this game five more times, we win it five times. I don't blame the players today. That's a nice, nice for them. Uh, meanwhile, this is what Jan Christian Dressen had to say, the Bayern Munich CEO. I'm not a fan of monstrous coach-backing statements. They usually run out after a week. <laughs> but Tuchel's future is not an issue we are dealing with at the moment. We have to focus on our next matches. Uh, for more on this, we welcome in the one and only Mario Malkiotz with us. But Jan, I want to start with you. Why have we seen Bayern so happy to sack managers in the past for a lot less and not pull the trigger this time on Tuchel, considering the absolute disaster it has been? I think that Julian Nagelsmann is actually saving Thomas Tuchel at the moment because they saw the last season, it didn't help, did it? They uh, wanted to make a fresh new young coach, uh, create, develop a new young Bayern team, didn't succeed, and then they had to take Tuchel. They fired Nagelsmann, and none player, none player has got better since Tuchel came. And you know I'm a big fan of Thomas Tuchel. I've always been. I always rated his work. But we, we, we have to look at the fact at the moment. And, and, and he is pushing my support when he starts with XG to explain <laughs> the loss uh, at, the, at the last game in Bochum. Yes, they created chances. But if you have a look at the game, and as I did, and I've seen the highlights again just before I came on now, there is a big, big difference between the two teams because Bochum were desperate to win the game. They were desperate to win the tackles. Bayern Munich, what did they do? No passion, no energy, no intensity. And after the game, they were fighting. Joshua Kimmich had a go at the assistant coach and so on and so on. And Tuchel, well, he got the support from Jan Dresden. But I think the key words here, at the moment, I think that is the key key thing now and now every coach in the whole world is linked to to Bayern Munich so is this is to be continued has he got a point though Greg if Harry Kane scores that second opportunity yeah, to make no, it but I've, let me not go down if my auntie was my uncle sorry we know, we know this <laughs> no, definitely not we know the scenario there <laughs> listen if all the players have got worse oh, if all the players well they have really they're, they're defending poorer the midfield's worse and Harry Kane's had a Great season up until, I don't know, Jan will know better than me, two or three weeks ago at least, or let's say up until Christmas, uh, and it seems to have gone a bit flat for him. You might, I mean, you might as well sack him now, unless they think there is going to be a turnaround, an immediate turnaround, and you might say, well, who are they going to bring in? Well, what's going to be worse? The chances are, you know, they could go out against Lazio. It's an even stronger chance they're not going to win the Bundesliga. They're already out the Poco. Uh, so what, what's the point in waiting? Maybe they think there's going to be a drastic change. But look, he's ostracised so many players over the course of his time there. Uh, Kimmich, Goretzka, they've all not played particularly well. Uh, Apomecano, who is red card city at the moment. Matthias De Litt, uh, who was in the side, out the side. Couldn't get in when he played three at the back. Then he was back in. All these players, and I've said this relentlessly for for the last couple of weeks, he's having to go back to the well and beg guys that know he really doesn't want them in the team and he's asking them basically to save his job. Now, players will be professional, or they should be, but it's difficult when in the back of your mind your subconscious is saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to go out there, I want to play, but deep down, this guy, he doesn't really want me here. He doesn't, he doesn't rape me. And he's not got one of those, he's not got two of those, he's probably got three, four or five and you can maybe add Leroy Zane to that list now yeah. as well after his recent form and of course Harry Kane hasn't been, been sparkling either so, you know, 
Are they waiting to a Lazio draw or defeat? What, what are they waiting? They're waiting in Leverkusen well, that's, to get that, 10 yeah, points to, ahead? To that point, Craig, uh, to Craig's point, Jan, they've got Leipzig coming up, then they've got Freiburg, and then it's the Lazio game. As Craig said, why not make the change now? You've got a couple of games to warm up for that big clash against Lazio because, let's face it, the Champions League is pretty much your only hope now of a trophy this season. Yes, but, but what I started out, I think Bayern Munich want, don't, doesn't want to be the club they are firing coaches all the time. Uh, there are only three, four coaches being Hitzfeld and Heinkes and Lattek who can only take this team on, it seems. Uh, and they don't want to be that club. They want to change that attitude of the club. Yes, Craig got a point. Why don't they do it now? But, I mean, we see all, all over the place that will it change that much? They saw last season it didn't change that much when Tuchel came on. The problem is for them now is uh, is touching a bit, uh, Craig. Uh, at the moment, you have you could add also Thomas Müller to that thing. Thomas Müller is fantastic outside the field, great interviews on the pitch, not delivering. Muziala, one of the greatest talent the world got at the moment. We don't see anything of it. Harry Kane came one against one against a goalkeeper. Thomas Müller, all on his own, in front of goal, didn't play him. I'm not saying he should have because he's the best finisher maybe in the world. But still, these are things that is happening. But what we do know about Bayern is that they won't plan any firing, but they can just do it from one day to another. I would just give an advice to Thomas Tuchel. Don't go on a ski holiday. <laughs> yes, very true. Mario, <laughs> what was interesting in this game that Bayern started well and yeah. then the tennis balls came down and that just seemed to end any sort of momentum that Bayern had. And what, what, what's interesting watching from the outside in is, as, as Jan said, there was no drive, there's no passion in that second half to try and get things back on track. And this is so, so instrumental because when you talk about passion and drive, look at there was a moment, you understand, where Kimi came in the middle with to win the ball back and I think that is the moment when they conceded the goal and he had a moment yes. to put his foot in and tackle and he just jumped out and I was like I was watching again I was like well you understand like this is a moment when you as a midfielder can also show your team what direction you want them to go I know that you know the news came out that he had the ups and down with the coach and he also had some moments but you know put everything in the game and then going back you understand what you guys talked about Musiala the sad part is when you're that talented and they put so much uh, focus on you, it's, it becomes difficult. It's, it's almost like we have talked about uh, in the Premier League, enough clubs have that situation too. It's not that the young boys always have to take all the responsibility. It's the guys with so much experience, and Musiala came up with the goal, but I feel like you highlighted Kane already that he missed uh, some opportunities. But I feel like, no, the pressure should not be on the kid. The kid should be protected in the sense of because he's that talented, and I feel like, uh, of course, I want to see a good football from him. But come on, guys, this is a team. We're talking about Bayern. Eh? This is one of the greatest teams in Germany. I live in Holland for so long. And the only thing I could hear was Bayern Dortmund, Bayern Dortmund. So come on, if, I, if I'm going to talk about that, they got to fix that situation really quickly because it's not looking good. Here's the thing. Bayern Munich have dug this hole for themselves. Over the last couple of years, it feels as though the political side of this football club has taken on more prominence than the footballing side of the football club. The sacking of Nagelsmann was, was politically motivated and Dortmund came and, and did all of them a huge favour on the last day. Leverkusen don't, are showing no signs of, of, of doing the exact same. So to your question, Dan, the reason Tuchel hasn't been sacked yet is because everybody sitting in, in those upper boardrooms are desperate for things to turn around. I Somehow, anyhow, because it all looks... It, it, if, it, if things don't, it makes the sacking of Nagelsmann look, look awful. It makes the hiring of, of, of Tuchel look awful. <laughs> it makes them and the job that they're doing and the decisions that they've made look all, all the worse for it. Nobody, nobody's going to give the kind of favours that Dortmund did last time around. So now, as of right now, I'm, I'm not sure what tree those... You know, those higher-ups are, are, are barking up because it's, it's just getting worse and worse. And, and to that point, more and more embarrassing when you, when you hear the post-game comments and, and all the rhetoric right, around it. Bayern don't want to be this club now and they want to be something different and they don't, yeah. want to, they don't want to feel embarrassed because they don't want one bad decision after another and they're not going to do anything now. 
Potentially. They might, they might, but they might not. What do they do at the end of the season then? When they haven't won the Champions League, and, and, and they won't, uh, and when they haven't won the Bundesliga, which looks unlikely, what do they do then, then, Jan? Do they then make the change? Because they either want to be this club that's hiring and firing, or they want to be this club that says, OK, if we haven't won the Bundesliga for the first time in, what, 11 years or whatever it is, but we're not going to make these drastic changes, and we're going to stick with our manager, and we're going to... We're going to, we're going to uh, take the criticism that comes away, but we're going to make good decisions and go forward. They probably won't do that either. So what, what one is it? Are they sacking him now or are they sacking him at the end of the season? I think that what you've seen, the last three coaches, first was Flick, who left for Germany, but it was also, a, remember, he had a fight with Salahamidzic. Then they fired Salahamidzic and Oliver Kahn. In comes Jule Nagelsmann to build a young empire. He was... Uh, branded as Alexander the Great, the young king who should make the kingdom of, of Bayern so calm and developing and everything. And he was fired. Then Tuchel was, uh, is there and is in danger of being fired. To, to Shaka's point, who should do it because they will lose face? I think there is a solution just down the road. Because what they now have done, they have, they're getting a new head of sporting. Max Ebel, as we knew from, or, or we know from Gladbach, and Leipzig, he is coming in. I can see a scenario now with the three games coming up now that Max Ebel must be the guy who's doing it because he doesn't have any history at the club. He hasn't done anything with Nagelsmann. He hasn't done anything with Tuchel either. So he can come in and just say, well, you know, I have had a look. I've evaluated the situation. I will let him go. So he can end up being the head of sport. The first thing you've got to do is to fire the manager. Yeah. But you I, know what? Go, go I, I have a feeling too, eh? when I watch him sitting on the bench, um, Tuchel, it almost gives me a feeling that he's waiting for something. He, 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 in the back of his mind, it looked to me yeah, like, yes, he, even when I was watching the game, there was a moment when he, uh, he brought him on and he went to the touchline, talking to him while he's jumping and warming up, telling him exactly what he, what he wants him to do and goes back to his bench. And I'm looking at a man and saying like, He's doing a lot of things that he normally would not be doing. And I, I, that's during the game. And then the way he sits on the bench, when I look at him, it looks like, it's almost like someone saying to me, like, I know what's about to happen. And knowing that all the experience that he had, I felt like PSG was the perfect place for him to learn how to deal with top stars. Because I felt like that was the ultimate place. When you go there, you know exactly you're dealing with the highest level of stars. You know, with a Messi and Neymar and Mbappe. Then you come to Chelsea, and you see something happening there, okay, I don't think the stars were at that size. But then, going to Bayern, this is the club, okay, so much connection for him also, also the German side. And I feel yeah. like, at this point, the connection is so strong for him. And I don't know if he is emotionally, you understand, ready to, to make that shift in, in, in his job, in the sense of like, what this club really needs. And I don't know if he's ready for that, because... As a skilled like what Dan, what Dan just, um, uh, what Jan just said, I, I liked his work too. When he left Chelsea, I was like, why? You understand? Give the man some more time. But now I'm looking at him at Bayern and I'm asking myself, why does he need make this team work? Because the talent is in the team. And maybe they, okay, maybe they have to renew the team, but still there's enough talent for him not to be in this situation where he's in now. This is damage to stock, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt. And there was some rumours when you, you two boys were, were away that, that some of his management, well, true or not, I don't know, allegedly some of his management were, were sort of uh, trying to sell him to Barcelona. Uh, whether that's any truth in that or not, <laughs> I, think they, I think they realise that, he's not, that his number's up at Bayern. Listen, if I was to sit here and say uh, Thomas Tuchel is not a good coach, that would be factually incorrect because he's had success mm -hmm. and I would never sit here and say that. But, but let me tell you, I, I, I have never really been in love with any of his sides. Not saying they haven't been successful and they have to an extent. PSG, you kind of expect it, certainly domestically. Chelsea, there was the, the Champions League and, and whatnot. But I've never, I've never, whenever Tuchel's been going somewhere who's going to buy and I've gone, that's going to be fast, pacey, you know, dynamic football. I've never really, for all his success and his experience, I've never sat and went, wow, they're really going to be good to watch. And when you're not good to watch and you're not getting results, 
it's even more of a problem, and, and, and that, that's where he is. Look, there is no easy answer. It looks to me, and Mario mentioned the maybe lack of commitment to challenges in the middle of the park, it looks to me <coughs> that he's tried to deal with these plays in a certain way, behind the scenes, by dropping them, by not dropping mm -hmm. them, by talking to them in a manner in which he has or not, and we can agree whether these players should do better or not. But they're not pulling their weight for him. Mm. They're not. Yeah. And no, he got... At both ends of the pitch, Jan, and I keep going back to this, who would not have taken the South Korean Kim and who would not have taken Harry Kane in the summer? Yeah. And you'd think, yeah. well, I can build the rest of this around it and I can get around any deficiencies in this team with some of these very, very good players. Last word on this to you, Jan. Yeah, I'm just thinking that former players, we're sitting here and we can always blame the manager when we didn't play well. And uh, we all know that at the end of the day, it's going to be the manager, the coach are going to be fired and the players will keep on playing. But if I think also we, we've been uh, together, boys, for some years now discussing German national team. We've discussed Bayern. And I think they've got to have a look at them that maybe a lot of the German players, and I take out the German players now because this is also the German national team, that maybe these players are well overestimated. And that is not only the blame of Tuchel because he hasn't been there that long. Kimmich Goreska, have they got better? No. Thomas Müller, has he got better? No. Leroy Sané, no. Not playing constant enough. And so on and so on. And I haven't even started with foreigners like Upamecano, uh, who is always in for, for uh, a mistake. So, yes, it will be down to the manager. It's his responsibility. But this downfall of the so-called German football star started before Thomas Tuchel came to Bayern Munich. As I mentioned, of course, the Bayern Munich next up for them is a home clash against Leipzig. What a game that should be. That's our late tie on Saturday on 12.30. Meanwhile, elsewhere, Bayer Leverkusen take on Mainz. That's our Friday night game. All those matches live on ESPN+. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Meanwhile, Manchester United grabbing the headlines of the back pages in England after that 2-1 victory away against Luton. And Hoyland once again, of course, finding the back of the net. His early brace proved to be just enough to see Ten Hag's side grab all three points. They're in a good run of form at the moment. You take a look at that. That's five wins in a row, six wins out of seven in all competitions. Marion Yan uh, still with us. They're good now, Craig. Uh, no, they are there's a, there's, there's a positive and there's a downside with this United debate argument. The results recently are much better. That's factual. You saw the graphics. Uh, the positives are, for me in particular, Kobe Mino, who could be well in this England squad come the summer if Gareth Southgate uh, lets the, the, the leash off a little bit. You, you know, well, you're going to go with Jordan Henderson and Calvin Phillips. So he's in there. Garnacho's form. Rasmus Hoyland getting his goals now, looking <coughs> comfortable. Those three kids carrying the team look really good. However, 
you have to look at these results in context of the teams that they're chasing at the top. That is Aston Villa and Tottenham. And when you look at how United have gone about their whole season, they've not ever really been in control of games. You know, when you look at Villa, who I also don't think they're a big possession side, have 58% possession in the last four games. Tottenham is 62. United was 46 in the four games as, a, as, a, as an average. And yesterday, uh, against Luton, was only 42. Giving up 84 efforts on goal, almost double which Tottenham are. So when you look at, you look at the fact they're going up against these two for a possible spot in the Champions League, we're not even touching on how Arsenal, Liverpool and Man City dominate games. That's in a different stratosphere. Mm -hmm. So they're not even yet at the pace of these two teams ahead who have had a wobble. But, you know, Villa were in second place at one point. I think they might even have been in first, but they were definitely in second. Tottenham were in there. United are coming at the moment with a bit of a late run. And yes, it is good and it is better. But when you're a big spending club and a juggernaut like Man United and you have all this new investment, and these people at Ineos watch the games. Is being a counter-attacking team, even against relegation-threatened sides, is that going to be enough over the course between now and the end of the season to get you into the top four? I don't think it is. And I think that's a big problem. Great start in the game against Luton, if we take that game as a game in a nutshell. Great start, 2-0 up. If that was any of those other teams, they'd probably put their foot on, on the throat of Luton and go, this is how you do it. Luton look great. And I just think if you're looking at it and you're a Man United fan, you've got to say, can we keep doing this, just being this counter-attacking side? And is that good enough to be mixing it with Villa and Tottenham? That's a big question mark. It's a million miles away from the three above them. Here's the thing with Manchester United. And it's difficult to have a discussion about them because of what we know Manchester United to be. Let's be honest, Manchester United are not in the class of the top three. No. We have to talk about Manchester United forgetting their spending in the context of can they sneak into the top four. That is where Manchester United are right and now. And can they? I, they can. I, I still think that, that, that Villa and Spurs are, are better than them right now. And I know they had a draw with Spurs, they beat Villa. I accept all that in, that, in, this, most recent, in this most recent run of theirs. But I, I still think, in terms of overall, I still think they're six best. That doesn't mean that they can't put a run together and all of a sudden find themselves in, in, in the top four. So I, I'm trying to get away from focusing on who Manchester United used to be, what their spending suggests that, that they should be. They, they are not there. They're, that bar has been lowered a long time ago. They are just hoping to sneak, sneak into the top four. Continue, continue these good results, continue producing talents like Mainu, see him, him evolve, see Hoyland continue to evolve, and I think you're on track in, in, in the right direction, but yeah. that's, that's as positive mm. as it can be. Go on, Mario. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Look, uh, in a situation where they are now, um, I think things like this is helping them, of course, you understand? Keeping them on the bounce, your main striker that you, you know, made so much effort to bring over to your club, he's scoring now, what is he, six games in a row now? So, in that, in that sense, it's better. And also the, the, the psychological level of, of uh, when I heard Ten Hag talking, he said like, yeah, um, we can achieve things and we're building things. Yeah, I know he's very good in, in playing the mind tricks because that's what the same he did in Holland when he was at Ajax. So in that sense, yes. But I, I know, look, as, as a club, they, they, they're going to play now two games. The two games are coming up, you understand. They got Fulham and Forest, the game, and then they got the big one. When they play City, and you know, everybody knows when it comes to that city, like even when I spend my time in there, when those two meet, it's going to be a big test for Man United because it doesn't matter where you are, regardless if you are at the bottom, when a derby comes, the, 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 the league standard doesn't count anymore. It's just rivalry against rivalry. So that's why these two games that he comes up, it's going to get him into, into a level and then we will see the real test coming up because City wants the title, and you want your respect back in your in your city. So in that sense, I think where they are right now, they have to worry about uh, making sure they can keep the momentum because they're not winning cute. But even if you win, <laughs> I, I prefer to win ugly sometimes uh, yeah. than winning <laughs> all the great games, hey guys? Because playing beautiful football and not winning, it hurts. 
Uh, one it's, thing uh, is for sure, Jan, is that we've seen Hoyland step up at exactly the right time. Oh yeah, Hoyland, you, you just just shows you how, especially for a striker, how important it is to have the confidence for your manager. Because you can even see at the beginning of the season, when he couldn't get that the Premier League goals, great runs, you see his physical presence is there. Now this is confidence. Now he scores goals for fun. You, There is a time you have no idea why you're not scoring. And then comes a time when you have no idea why you're scoring. And here, <laughs> here he is. And, and that... I've been there, seen it, done it. But he and said he knew how... what he was doing, Jan. He said yeah, he knew he... what he was doing. He said yeah, after you, the you game, almost... he said, I you... knew the ball was coming there, so I'm going to put it in. <laughs> yeah, he does. But but it's unbelievable when you are on that stretch, uh, on that flow as as a striker. I just, if I may, Dan, just add to what Mario said about, and, and Craig was talking about 42% ball possession against Luton Town. I mean, this is one of the biggest mysteries of this season or the last two seasons. So Eric Ten Hag comes from Ajax, where they have dominant, yes, the, mm -hmm. the Dutch league is not the same quality, but always between 60 and 70 percent possession. And then you come to Manchester United. I'm not saying they will dominate every game, but you do expect them to dominate a game against Luton Town. And uh, so, so uh, that is a mystery. And, but I have to say, boys, I mean, we are negative in the terms of they're not playing well. It's not a bad skill to have to be able to win football games. And Manchester United got that skill right now. That's exactly what I said. Well, yes. they're digging themselves out a hole at the moment with results. If you look at what the others are doing, if you look at how... And particularly this weekend was a great example. If you look at what Liverpool and Arsenal are doing with the cannon fodder in the Premier League... I mean, they're just obliterating them. Mm -hmm. You look at West Ham yeah. having a tough time, right? David Moyes is having a tough time at the moment. They're not playing well. Arsenal roll into town a week ago, take six off them. That, that's, that's the difference. That, and so when these teams, we talk about winning ugly. When these teams are going for the title, winning ugly for them is not playing so well and getting the job done. United haven't really played well all season. Now they're just winning in a kind of ugly manner. They're, by the way, their counter-attacking game is very good. Mm. It's very good. Uh, I'm not. T I can't take that on the counter attack. Their finishing wasn't great, but their counter attacking was excellent. Their lack of control. There's, there's not really many teams are going to challenge for Europe or their domestic title when you can't control even teams in the bottom half of the league. You, you have to look back in the league and say. How did they do that? I mean, you look at Greece in the Euros 20 years ago. They managed to get away with it over a month. Yeah. You're not going to get away with it <laughs> over a season. <laughs> so you have, to ask yourself, you have to ask yourself the question. Is, has this got enough legs to the end of the season? And even if it has, are the people at Ineos that Sir Jim Ratcliffe is putting in that are going to be making the big decisions come the summer, or we've certainly been talking about it before, looking and going, yeah, results have been better, but why can't we dominate the Burnleys, the Sheffield Uniteds, the Lutons, the boldness at home, how they get beaten. These are concerns going forward. And what the results do at the moment is they just take the headlines away. But behind the headlines, there are still, I think, some worrying performances. So you've got United and you've got uh, Villa and Spurs in that race, obviously, for fourth place. Meanwhile, for the big boys, it's brilliant. It's, the title race is fantastic at the moment. Mm -hmm. Arsenal, as you say, were yeah, obliterated. I mean, Arsenal and Liverpool, yeah, Liverpool. brilliant. Yeah. Now, Manchester City is yeah. an interesting conversation because of their striker at the moment. And obviously, you look at the stats, Erling Haaland scoring goals for fun, but he had so many chances at the weekend, two big ones in particular, mm -hmm. that he didn't convert, which he obviously he would have done last season. How much of a concern is this, if at all, for City and their title credentials? You know, I think he'll, I think he'll uh, shrug this off pretty quickly. <clears throat> I don't think he was brilliant in Copenhagen either, but Jan and I, we talked about that and how that it, you know, he made a lot of good runs and the service at Copenhagen and the Champions League wasn't great to him. This was this was on a, this was bread and butter. These headers are, you know, I was shocked when he didn't even hit the target here. I think I think he was shocked. I just don't think City as a whole, and I heard uh, Stevie touch on it yesterday, kind of in the final third, it, it, it's been flat. I think it was flat a little bit in Copenhagen. They won. It was definitely flat against Everton the week before mm -hmm. until the 71st minute when I think it was Haaland that actually scored. It might have been Haaland that scored. Uh, that was their first shot on target. 
And again at the weekend, you know, they were lucky. Chelsea, you know, particularly in the first half, did a great job on them. They put four up across mm. the front line when they were pressing. We're a real danger in behind. But yeah, this, 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 I don't think Erling Haaland is going to let this affect him. His manager was a little irked with it after the game. In fact, Guardiola's been a little bit sensitive, both, both you know, pre and post match recent games, very short with his answers. And it's, maybe there's something into it that, that Arsenal and Liverpool are so strong. But, but yeah, he needs him to be on the ball. And he's had Erling Haaland, that is, in front of goal, a, a very unlike striker's performance from him, certainly at the weekend. Yeah, listen, I, I, there's nothing about Erling Haaland in the past that suggests that a bad game or a few misses affects him. He, he's been able to shrug those off. As, as well as anybody I've, I've, I've seen in the game. Stevie said yesterday that those, those two misses, and I have to agree fully, were, were timing issues. He, he's getting in the right place. He knows where to be. Snatching. And, and it's, it's just... Like rushing it, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, just sometimes you mm. just jump half a second too early and, and you find yourself... Well, you'd know about that. Well, it's back to his college days, I've, remember? I've, 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 I, yeah, I, I know timing is here when I see it. <laughs> and I feel, I, I feel that that's all it is with Erling Haaland. Right. And... While Reyes, Chelsea on the day were the beneficiaries of, of, of those misses, you cannot rely on Erling Haaland getting it wrong for much longer. If you're Liverpool or, or Arsenal, that's not what you bank on. It's, it's going to come good real soon mm -hmm. for Erling Haaland. And once it does, you see, you see the, the, other side, the other side to him that we saw all of last season. So it's one of those, again, you put it down to one of those days. Could have been worse. At least you picked up a point. But now you, you've got to, uh, and again, I, nothing about Erling Haaland has ever suggested that he goes into any kind of a shell. Jan, you were saying before you think he's peaked. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 Pinocchio, with your nose always when you talk about what I have said. But uh, no, but but it's it's quite interesting. I think that is a bit underestimated. How long when you're out for that long time? It takes some time yeah. to find to find a balance, to find a timing, and I think that was quite. Uh, uh, showing in the last game now, as Stevie was saying yesterday at the show, it's all about timing. Uh, and you saw that. And it's also, there have been some games this season, uh, Manchester City haven't created enough chances. He had a brace against Everton, but as as Craig was saying, I was at that game, I can remember, I didn't know good any chance before 70 minutes. They didn't create anything. That's what I think Pep is a bit nervous. Mm -hmm. But when, if you see the three up at the top now, the advantage for Liverpool is Salah. The advantage for Manchester City is Erling Haaland. They need to be fit. Like a game like yeah. yesterday, of course, Erling should have been the match winner now in uh, the last game, meaning he didn't. Two points lost. So I don't think that will affect him. I think it will uh, get, get even more going. But then again, and I, I can also throw in a goalkeeper if you're out for a while. You come in, it takes some time to find, find that timing, doesn't it, Shaka? It took me a season, yeah. generally. Yes, yeah. oh, good. Uh, and Mario, away from Haaland, to Craig's point, why are City lacking that kind of swashbuckling football that, that we're used to, that brilliant attacking style? The way Chelsea also played against them. If you look at yeah. what, what Gallagher did, you know, he played a lot against Rodri. And he, he um, during the game, if you watch the game, his focus was, I, I close the middle of the, of the pitch for them. And then also when Roddy wants to get on the ball, I'm not going to make it as easy for him. So he put a lot of energy in that. He played a lot of times around him. You understand? And really, like, it was not like, he wasn't like supporting Jackson in the sense of like attacking wise. He was more like doing his job in the sense of like, you cannot hurt us because we're going to wait and we're going to sit. And I think moments like that, it's Rodri is very important for that team. Why? Because he sets out the lines, he dictates the tempo. When you get him on the ball, he's that comfortable. He looks really, he can really change the game for them. So what did Poch did? He put a player on there that could do the energy level and also could play the game when they got the ball. And I think that was a difference for City because there's a lot, a lot of players or a lot of teams, I mean, that face them like that in the sense of like, try to find the triggery where they are good. If you look at Doku, you know, um, Malagusto had a great game against Doku. Why? Because Palmer was kind of helping him out too, blocking the lines off. So some of the things that, that City normally can handle in, in playing between the lines and things like that, it was very difficult for them. I think football-wise and tactical-wise, 
I think Chelsea had it till the moment when he started making the substitutions. I think the 71 minute, I think it was too early for him to take Palmer out. And when he took Palmer out, I felt like City start opening up a little bit more because he put a back line of five behind, you know, like Choloba came in, he had a back line of five players, and I was like, wow, why so many, you know, defending? You still have to try to score. And I think that kind of helped City in getting back into the game. And of course, you know how to go, how they, they scored. You understand, Chelsea scored a great goal and then they conceded. But the goal that they scored, it was for me, was surprising that, that um, Sterling, it sounds, it sounds maybe interesting, but he almost looked like he always got the better on Walker. It's an interesting situation between them two. The first game in the beginning of the season, I saw that already happening. That they kind of, I think they're friends, but you always want to do your friends one over. And then when the game got here, he let him come inside. You don't let your player come to his strongest foot. Checking inside and making him bend it with his right. Sterling is not the best striker of the ball anyway, but is he skillful? Is he smart? Oh, we clearly saw that. They haven't lost since Villa Park, which is city that is, which is quite some time ago. Mm. So it's not, it's not panic stage. No, but what's interesting, it's because of what's going on around them. That, that, that's what's kind of putting pressure. And on. I, I've always felt that it's been be that it is better that, that, that there's two teams in there. That the pressure isn't all in Arsenal. The pressure isn't all in Liverpool. Although there's going to be internal pressure, of course, within those individual clubs. But there's two of them bashing away here, yeah. playing as well as each other. What, one of the things I'm seeing with City getting away from the uh, attacking part of the game, which is which is as clear as day, they're probably the best in Europe at it. Or you could argue that, I suppose, with the way Liverpool and Arsenal are playing at the moment. But I think when you look at the cavalry that they've got available, uh, they, they dominate teams more than any. But I'm starting to see, and have done for a while, at the back, the City of the season before last. Last year when they won... They, they, they won the league and they won the, the Champions League and they were so strong. It almost seemed to me that, that they decided that, you know what, this, the defensive part of our game is as much as importance to us as the attacking. And we're going to make sure when we have the ball that we're in good positions defensively and we're not allowing that easy counter-attack that I think has undone them particularly in European competitions for, for quite some time until they remedied, remedied it last year. Uh, but I think they've got away from that a little bit this year. And whether that's personnel and injuries, John Stones has been in and out. So, and I don't like Akanji so much. I, I really like Akanji as a defender, although I don't think he's been as good this year as last. But I don't really like him going into the middle of the park. I like, don't mind John Stones doing that job, but I don't really like Akanji when he mm. has to do it. So they've got away, yeah, from, yeah. they've got away from things that, when they, when they were so successful last year, there was a really good balance, in my opinion, between what they were doing offensively and what they were doing defensively. They were really solid at the back. They do not look solid at the back and haven't done for quite some time. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Uh, meanwhile, former City player not having the best of time since he's moved away. That's, of course, Calvin Phillips, who was sent off in West Ham's 2-0 defeat against Nottingham Forest. Of course, made that big error as well in the defeat against United. It's what you had to say. I wanted this to be a fresh start, to really get my head down and go for it. It's not gone as I would have hoped. Everyone can see that, but I know football. I'm experienced enough to know that if I get my head down and grit my teeth and do the basics right, that things will turn. It's easy to say, but now I've got to do it. And Mario, he said everything right there, hasn't he? As you would want to hear from your player, obviously, and keep my head down, stick to the basics. How, 
difficult is that to put into place given the star that he's made at his new club? I think, I think Jan made a comment about Haaland. You understand if being out for so long and coming back, he has a similarity. When you, mm. when people have to understand, football is a very important thing with playing and watching. Look, if you if you watching so many games, it's great. You can you know like in the beginning you can learn. I had it too when I came in the first season. I was learning, watching it from the side, seeing how Chelsea was playing, for example and seeing what they needed and what I could bring to the team. But after a while, when you are ready to go, it, you can only train as much. Because training, 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 eventually you have to do the test. The test only happens in the games. And I felt like he was out for so long and waiting for so long. Regarding if your coach you know, gave him you know, pats on the back and say like Guardiola and saying like, oh, he's a great player, I like him. If you like me so much, you make me play. And I felt like sometimes, I don't know if he did, you got to have the conversation with your coach and asking him, coach, you tell me you give me so many great compliments, but I want to play. So let me play. Now he goes to West Ham to open the door. And also because you have to remember, this is a player that in the back of his mind has the Euro. So the only way for him to get into that national team is to make sure he plays the number of games and gets him back up to speed, like why he got from Leeds to Manchester City. And if he doesn't get to that level, then he's going to start talking about things like this. Would he say that when he was playing every game? He would never even talked about it. He was a no. guy who was quite sought after a couple it's of definitely, years Definitely, yeah. I don't think anyone said, oh, I don't know what City are doing. And rightly so. And he was a good player. I'm not suggesting he's, he's the next coming of Rodri or anybody like that, but he was a good player. Yeah. It's a classic case of going to the wrong club at the wrong time, right? Sometimes it's a difficult scenario because you've been chased by the best team in, in Europe, as they have been, and certainly the best in England. But you have to look at the bigger picture and say, Am I, what's it going to do to me? Am I going to play? And is it about the money? Or, you know, all these sort of things. And clearly it's been a disaster for him. And I think what you're seeing here is a very frustrated player. An extremely frustrated player who's not fit enough, he's not sharp enough, he's had not enough game time, and he's frustrated within his own performances. And sometimes when that happens, it, it just triggers you because yeah. you're not been able to do the things he was doing at Leeds and he's done for England on occasions. But he can remedy that. He can absolutely remedy that with attitude and getting his head down. I heard something at the weekend. This game has gone. We had a referee, Mike Dean, former referee on Sky Sports at the weekend. Now, the punditry must have gone in the UK when you get this Muppet and a referee in to not talk about refereeing. And he said about Calvin Phillips, he should pack the game in. A referee telling an England international he should pack the game in. That's the level we are stooping to. Yeah. This guy has ability. <laughs> he needs to figure it out. He needs to sort himself out. At the moment, would I take him to, to the Euros if it was Gareth Southgate? No, I would not. But he's got but, a few months to sort it out. But it's a classic case, Jan. When you're moving to a big club and you're seeing the pound signs and, and, and the trophies and all that, you've got to look at it and say... What's this going to do for my career? Am I yeah, going to I, play? And Calvin Phillips made a bad move. Well, first of all, I'm a son of a referee. I've said it before, and I guess <laughs> I agree with you. He's a muppet. So am I, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. We talked about that. No, but but it's just one, just one thing I want to add. Sometimes we forget that these football stars, they have also something called self-confidence and not self-confidence. Calvin Phillips... Being at Manchester City, being in the being at the bench, never get a chance to play game after game after game. It's not only the hunger you can you can lose, mm -hmm. you can also lose your self confidence yeah. because whatever happened. And Mario was talking about it. I like you. I like you. I don't care if you like me. Yeah, Hate me. me. I want to play. Yeah. And then you lose the confidence, and you can you can see that. When he, they gave him games, that was that's the games that they knew they would win when Pep would play his, his cousin. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then you lose your confidence and you can hide lack of confidence when you play for Manchester City because you have so many good players around you. When you come to West Ham, hello, hello, this is the unplugged reality. Here mm. you have to stand up and he doesn't have the confidence. I hope he gets this because he is a great lad. Great attitude, but as, at the moment, I feel for him because his place in the Euro squad is now in big, big danger. Right then, Champions League, of course, back Tuesday sees a couple of, how would you describe those ties? 
I don't know. Uh, PSV are taking on Borussia Dortmund. Shaki, you're the only one going for PSV to win? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just not convinced by Dortmund at all. There we go, good. Uh, elsewhere, Atletico against Inter Milan. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, everyone's going for an Inter victory on the day, apart from myself and Mario. Uh, meanwhile, Atletico advance on penalty. It's very exact. Shank. Yeah. Uh, Craig, uh, you're back Inter. Oh, I am. Yeah, I think over the two legs, just by... Just by a smidge. Uh, we'll be back. You're off tomorrow, yeah, Shane? I am. Me and Craig will be back here tomorrow to reflect no. on those games. So be sure to join us. Well done, Dan, on your hey, day hey, back. No worries. No worries. Up here. Okay. <laughs> Talk about it I'll tomorrow. Tell you what, no, save it for no, tomorrow. No, no. Save it for tomorrow. We're done. We're More done. episodes <laughs> next. Final time is next. <laughs> Welcome to the latest edition of Extra Time. Craig and Shaka here in the studio. Mario, we can hear you nicely today. What a treat. Well, it's a bit tinny. <laughs> you know all he's missing? Stevie's green tie. Oh, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Who's <laughs> dressing uh, that man? Let's get on with my questions. Who's dressing that man? I know the answer is him. Ah, that was a bright green tie. Will Tuchel land another big job after falling out with yet another hierarchy at Bayern? Mario, what do you think? Did yes. you like him at Chelsea, didn't you? Are you yeah. surprised it's gone so wrong at Bayern? Yeah, Why has it gone so wrong? Why? Because you also have to remember what Tuchel went through when he was at Chelsea. Yeah? Because people can say, like, uh, OK, the situation where he's in now. But it was kind of a testing moment for him at Chelsea. And he stayed calm and kept on doing his job. So in that sense, I do respect him. What's happening at Bayern, of course, I expected him to do much better than what he's achieving now with his team. But no, I think he will get another job. Why? Come on, look, look at the track record of him. You understand? Some things are not lucky. Eh? You're not going to PSG, Chelsea, and now you're at Bayern. Okay, will it take you some time maybe to get another big one? But yeah, he's up there. People will look at him and think like, hey, let's try it out because maybe something else went wrong. Yes, he will. Okay, thank you, Shaka. That's uh, wonderful. Well. Do you want to answer that? Well, he's going to of course, of course he's got another job. Okay. You've seen some of the coaches out there. How do <laughs> players adapt to a new manager joining them 48 hours before a big game? Looking at Napoli's new appointment, what does the coach say to his players and what tactics do they go for? Uh, you see Walter Mazzari, of course, out. I, I don't know. I've, I've never been in that situation, you know? No? Manager coming in right before a game like that. Two games. Game. Yeah. Mario? No, but, but kind of close to it. The, the, the main thing you do as a coach is that you make sure that everybody understands. Everybody has a chance and you just got to prove it. And when you tell them that, some of the ones who weren't playing are going to do their best. And the ones who are playing are going to understand that, hey, maybe I lose my position. Because on the old one I was playing, but the new one might not like me. So then you get a moment that everybody rises to the occasion and try to play well. But then after that, you know what happens there? Then he makes his choices. And then you, you're back to, if you, if you were on the bench, you most likely, you know, the chance could be that you're back on it and hopefully you're not. That, that's the only thing you can focus on. The chances are if a new manager comes in at any club in such short notice ahead of big games, and I, to my memory, I don't think I had it that, that coming that fast, is that he's going to make changes. Yeah. Probably tactically and definitely personnel. Because if he's coming into a job, he's not coming in because the previous manager is having a whale of a time. He's coming in because there's a problem. And a new manager isn't going to come in and say, I'm just going to do what that guy did last week that wasn't working. So, of course, a new manager is going to come in. And whether it's personnel or whether it's a change of shape, he's going to do something. Because he's not going to continue to do what wasn't, what wasn't working. Uh, this Sunday, of course, the Carabao Cup final, if you're in the States, live and exclusive on ESPN+. Oh, yeah. Plus. Oh. By the way, I would feel that I actually... I'd feel a little bit better if I was a Chelsea supporter. Well, no, shut up. Ch Craig, having watched Chelsea's performance against Manchester City, but are you raising their chances in the League Cup final against Liverpool? Goes, back, goes, on, goes on the cruise for a week or so, comes back, tells people to shut up. <laughs> well, no, because I, I was leading against the question. You're going to address the well, question. Why don't, we just, the question? why don't we just put the question on? Carry the show for two weeks. <laughs> he just comes three, in. It'd be three weeks right? in a minute. Yeah. He just comes in. And, God, okay. unbelievable. Two months. <laughs> Two weeks in a day. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, well, have you raised their chances in the League Cup, which is this Sunday? Absolutely. Just hiding my golf trip. Oh, you're going to be here for it, are you? What a trip. But I, I, I'm really thinking about not going away because I don't want to let the team down. Well, that's mm. it. Just so, the team player. So that you just, are. Right. I, I would actually. Yeah, I would. Uh, I'd feel a bit better about it. Not that it's, it's going to be, but I would just the way that they did not play well at Crystal Palace in the first half, but but. 
Uh, Villa away, they played very well. We, we yes. did the game. Villa were not particularly good. But Chelsea played really well. And also, that's even though the stats would tell you, if you just looked at the stats, you'd have went, oh, Chelsea, I just, they just didn't do much in that game at Man City. That really wasn't the story. They looked a real threat on the, the counter, a real threat. Uh, they played some good stuff in the middle, and more importantly, uh, at the back, square pegs and square holes yeah. at the back. And Sassy was great. De Sassy and, and I heard Stevie yesterday talking about uh, Levi Colwell, who obviously had a really good loan spell at Brighton, but he's a centre half and he's been playing mm -hmm. left back, mm -hmm. and some of that's been forced. But between that, Chilwell coming back from injury and Malo Gusto really up in his game. I mean, really yeah. starting to play well. Yeah. I, I would I would have said it was a 70-30. For me, Liverpool, it's maybe maybe closer to 60 40 now. Well, how would you have it percentage wise, Mario? Yeah, I, I like the second uh, call that he had. Yeah. You understand why? Because, look, Chelsea plays well when they're in the underdog. Why? Because we, we don't ex look, if we look at the game, we'll be honest now. Okay, Liverpool is a better side, they're in a better situation, so we expect them to win that game. Okay. And who does that suit? That moment of us thinking like that, it suits Chelsea at the moment where Chelsea is right now. They want to, when they play against teams that are on the paper better than them, they perform better. City, we went to the game, we, we saw, we thought, okay, this is going to be a win for City. The way they set up, they played on the counter-attack, put speed up front with Jackson, Sterling and uh, with Palmer. And they try. Okay, Palmer was kind of quiet because I think Ake had a good deal. But the other two, they were very, very dangerous. So in that sense, I think um, playing Liverpool, they're gonna try to do a similar kind of tactic, sit sit deep again, and try to hit them on the break and see if they can shake up the back line of Liverpool. Because if not, they're gonna expose themselves and they quickly gonna lose the game. And they cannot afford to concede too early in their game. 60-40 shot. 65-35. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, why does Guardiola Craig refuse to give Foden a consistent run of games playing through the middle? Foden says it's best position, but Guardiola seems to stick him out wide right when he starts to hit form. Through the middle. In place of who? Hey, who? It's <laughs> Where are we going with this? I don't know. I'm just reading what's on the paper. Through the middle behind Haaland? That's yes. Behind an Alvarez? Yeah, that seems, to be, that seems to be the suggestion. Well, he... he Correct me if I'm wrong, but he seems to have played well. He scored the hat trick at Brentford. Yeah. Can't remember all the goals. He scored that many recently. He's played well wherever he's played. Mm. Would be the answer. I don't know. Start bench or sell. Mario's internet connect. Mario, it's nice to have you in the studio. Has Mike <laughs> bothered you, our producer? Because obviously oh, is he in the LA studio? He's in the LA studio, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was, oh, that was Hey, look, so I got the weather ain't good here. They don't know how to handle the internet in this city yet. Because in my <laughs> country, storm, rain, the internet yeah, is smooth. Producer, oh. producer Mike's outside the studio door like a lapdog waiting on Mario's autograph. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh. Mike is a good cat. He's a good cat. What do you cat. think? <laughs> I love Jesus playing Mario. What do you think he taught them? <laughs> Mike is he's a good cat. He's good. <laughs> he's uh, good. So we got Mario's interconnection. Craig's cough. How is your cough? I heard that it came, you were telling us it came back. Did? Oh, no. I, 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 you had to go and stand outside. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't have to go and stand out. <laughs> I had a cough and fit, luckily some other people in the studio, so we just right. we just we navigated around it. Professional. There's a lot going around at the moment, but it, it went away and it came back. Ugh. Thus, that I had a little break in between I keeping see. the wheels of motion turning. Oh, so two you, days. I had to take two days. Did you? But that's me thinking about other people. Right, I see. I see. I want to come in the studio and cough over everybody. Right. So I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. It's I'll a man of the people, Shaq. That's I'll, right. I'll tell you what I'll do. You're thinking Burley. I'll stay at home and watch AMC. <laughs> stay at home, have a beer, watch a repeat on AMC. <laughs> and I did. Oh, Stevie's wandering earpiece. Number of times I've told him how to make a mould and get a mould made so it's not always popping His out. His head is a mould. I don't, I don't have a mould either. Yes, but Shaq, you can use an earpiece. He can't. He's got a mould. He's got a brain moulded inside his head of something. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows. 
should make that green tie into a mould uh, somehow. Oh God, no. But <laughs> got a green mould on the side of his lug. Considering all the Twitter activity, I have to believe Burley is the, is close to his own podcast. What's the What's title? That? In the Realm of Darkness. You've been tweeting a lot, have you, Craig? Yeah, on and off. Really? And my, and my golf season's coming up. Oh, okay. When so he's been coughing. <laughs> when he's still my, I'll steal my tweet. I'll steal my tweet, everyone. There you are. Still watching. Still involved. Don't worry. On my deathbed, tweeting. Other the people I am. Other the people I'll tweet. I'll tweet to my fans. A little podcast. Podcast. What's it called? I don't know. In the realm of darkness. Get stuffed. Negativity. Welcome back, Shakur and Dan. What was your favourite part of each of your pundits? That's. Oh, Mike Dean. Yeah, Mike Dean. I tell you what, if we ever stoop to that. On this show. On. Getting a referee on. Wait, Mark Clatterberg's on the phone now. Yeah, he's yeah. Got, so what role has he got at Forest? He's oh, got yeah. Forest he's to advise forest. them on how not to be so stupid. He's out for Forest. He's going to guide them. Really? Oh, no, Shaq. <laughs> you might as well go home. Uh, he's got some role at Forest. I mean, that's money for old fog, isn't it? What, to tell people how not to get... Sent off. What's the deal? I don't know. I don't know how Clatsy swung this. Oh right. my god! I don't but know he was got a few people having a go at him in England, and he's had a bit of a pop back. Has he? But listen, yeah. at least he knows. When he's on here, Pete Lowe's, Peter uh, Bowen, Pete Walton. What's happened to Pete Walton? He still writes a column in the Times. Pete can't write. <laughs> he can't look at monitors, and I, I'm, I'm sure he can't read either. But uh, at least referees stick to, you know, yeah. having a referee on. To, to analyse players. Yep. I mean, what have they become back there? Not oh there. Mind you, probably better than some of the Muppets that they're using anyway. Well, there we are. Good. Uh, I'm well, not first. Do, do I look first to you? No, I know you're not first. Do I look first? Yeah, half of them can't even string a sentence this together. This is the new podcast. Every time they're on, half of them, you have to phone for the grammar police. Yes. Yeah, that's I mean, right. it's abysmal. Them. They, I don't know how them done it. Well, I mean, go. seriously. Yeah. Like, anyway. Well, thankfully, you're not fussed. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not Greg, you sound <laughs> angry, man. Greg, what's up? <laughs> oh, hey, don't be angry. Don't be angry. It's a joke. Honestly. Uh, yeah, hold on. Referees talking about uh, Premier League players. I mean, stop it. Welcome back, Shaka. Thank you very Dan. much. What was your favourite part of each of your respective vacations? What's your favourite part, Shaka? Just spending some time with my parents. Yes. Yeah. Was it the time when you were, wasn't when you were feathering yourself? I wasn't feathering myself. <laughs> Covering himself, I mean that. <laughs> could, have phrased, could have phrased that differently. I'm oh, sorry. When you were covering yourself. <laughs> what was your carnival outfit? Did you have one? Just a t-shirt and a pair of shorts, Dan. Oh, yeah. No, Shaq. Well, no, I didn't. But you were under surveillance when you were there, weren't you? Uh, yes, I was. So you, you wasn't like on your own? No, I wasn't. You had the eyes and ears. <laughs> or I'm not sure what you're suggesting. <laughs> he I'm, knows. I'm you know. was a very responsible person <laughs> keeping you on the straight. I, yes, I am the responsible person, Craig. You are, I okay, am the responsible. Okay, okay. Uh, final okay. question. Craig was tweeting about the Shawshank Redemption oh. the other I was night. watching it last night. No, it was last night. Last night, okay. Because the night before was Armageddon. Oh, I hated Armageddon. Oh, I know. But oh, it's so predictable. But, I know, but I just wanted to wait to the end to say <laughs> Armageddon is which one? Well, Armageddon has got to go up and do something to stop the world exploding, and then the yeah. bloke dies. You kind of knew he was going to die. For it's a Willis. classic. Oh, right, Come on, yeah, yeah, okay, Dan. Okay, it's okay. a classic. You can't eat the classic. If you haven't watched it, don't bother. But I had to wait until that guy shook his daughter's hand and went, I want to shake the hand of the daughter of the bravest man in the world. Oh, Craig, Craig tearing up on a Saturday <laughs> on his own. Don't ever You know what? I'm going to tweet about this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shawshank was on last uh, night. Shawshank. Oh, that's Shawshank, of course. Morgan Freeman yeah. and... Uh, yeah, very good. I remember his name. Uh, Mario, favourite movie? Whew. Oh, my God. Oh, oh yeah. hey, look. Okay, if I have to call a quick one... Um, oh. I like Bodyguard, I thought it was cool. Oh I wow! Like, I like a, I like a little, you know, like uh, uh, the family, the missus. Yeah, Bodyguard is a cool one. Um, what was the other movie with? Um, wait, wait, wait! I forgot. Oh, no, no. Richard Gere. Richard Gere's movie. Officer and a Gentleman. Pretty Woman. Yeah, yeah, guys. I'm sorry, man. Pretty woman, man. I was a young boy growing up and thinking like, why am I liking this movie? And I was like, okay. I thought the storyline was kind of cool, so I'm sorry, guys. Pretty woman was no. Don't apologize. Tell you what, since you've been away, yes, it's been a, it's been a, a feast. And the cocktail, Johnny, Tom Cruise. Have you seen it? Yeah. What about it? I was on AMC. Right. And uh, Top Gun. Right. And Top Gun. Yes. Here's one. You know what? You know what? Go ahead. Road to Perdition. 
wow. You know it's a movie I, I, I love but haven't seen for a while. Yeah. Tom Hanks. Suspects. <laughs> Usual suspect, but you can only really watch it yeah. once. That's the, the good fellas. Yeah, that's but the thing. The good fellas, but when he's doing that guy in the trunk of the car. Yeah. But the Godfather, but much. the Godfather yes. guys, look, in all the ones I called for you, the Godfather, Deadline. I can't wait to get home now tonight. Watch it repeat. I'll be watching uh, the repeat. Dead one. I watched Killers, Killers of the Flower Moon was good. I what? watched that Killers of the Flower Moon. Never heard That's of That's the one. latest Scorsese. Never. never heard of it. Yeah, no, I haven't seen that one. It was good. Bit long. Might be long for you. Uh. Scarface. I've never heard of it. There you are. That is it. We are done. <laughs> Scarface! <laughs> <Yes>. Scarface! <laughs> we'll be back on your screen. You're back to, you on tomorrow? Of course, that's well, it. I'm done sure now. You're not, you've not got a disease. No, I feel much better. Hang around with Shack has made me feel a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will be back tomorrow to reflect on PSV against Dortmund and it's Inter against Atletico Madrid and Manchester City against Brentford.